The Brum Radio Shop is now open with all sorts of Brum Radio stuff with everything from t-shirts and hoodies to mugs and posters and much more. Support Brum Radio. Go to brumradio.com and click on shop. Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hi, it's Barbara Nice here, Barbara's in Strides at Nice and the Biscuit, on our 51st podcast, Piggy Neck. And I'm doing them, if you don't know, because you might have just logged in for the first time or whatever, because somebody said, oh, I've heard one of them, they're good, get listening to it. I do them with my... Lovely producer, Paul. Are you there, Paul? Hello, Barbara. Happy New Week. There he is. Oh, I love it. You've been a nice week ahead of us, I hope. And we've, uh, we do it kind of remotely. We used to do it in Paul's shed, but now with everything that's going on, we thought at first we would be able to do it, and then we pigging found a way. And don't you think that's one of the things that's going on? We are ploughing our own furlough. <laughs> that is what's happening. We're doing our own thing. You you make the most of whatever it is you're doing, don't you? And I'm quite liking what it is we're doing. Because we're talking to a wide variety of people about a wide variety of issues all over the place. And people are listening all over the world. Give us an idea of the span. What's our span, Paul? Uh, well, there's lots more countries in Europe coming in, but we're in Canada, America, Russia, surprisingly. And that's Russia. a massive place, we're, yeah. We're in Russia. Oh, yeah. Don't know whereabouts, because it's am. like two-thirds of the globe by looking on the map, but... <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in Russia is listening I've always wanted to go to Russia to be honest right smack well honestly so in a way I have virtually gone to Russia it, in fact oh I'm quite moved by it anyway so <laughs> we, we just started doing this and then it's people seem to like it and we like doing it so there's a lot going on really that you thought you couldn't do because as, as a live performer jigging up and down the country when in back in March when they said that's it for a lot of the live performers, you went, what are we going to piggy and do? A bit of me was relieved because I'm fed up of going on National Express coaches and stuff. But, but not there's anything wrong with them, they're good. Uh, so a bit of me was thinking, oh, good, you know, I can paint the back bedroom, go through my bags and throw stuff out and all that. But then you think, well, how are we going to make a piggy and living? But you can do these Zoom shows. And on Saturday night, do, 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 do. I did, after lots of palaver, my own Barbara Nice is having a piggy in locking. I mentioned it probably last week to you, trying to find the right time. And it was absolutely wonderful. I felt like we'd had a proper good night out and it was very, very sociable. And Paul, did you see I, I may have been there. I don't think you'd recognise me. I wasn't waving my SingStar microphone or on my Juliet uh-huh. balcony. <laughs> But Where was you there? I was, and I've got a massive beard and long hair now, so you probably don't recognise me, but I, I was there. Recognize you recognise you? have got a beard and long hair. <laughs> <laughs> dancing. You, got, you shouted at me to stand up at one point. Did I? Yeah. So did you enjoy it? Oh, yes. It was a great laugh. We uh, had run around trying to get our replacement raffle prizes and all that, and uh, some fantastic yeah. support acts as well. I had a good old laugh. I had a good old dance around the living room as well. I really properly liked it. So we are going to do one fortnightly. So if you're listening, if you're a... Because I know some podcasts people who are podcast people came along to it because I, I could mm-hmm. see the comments after said you know I listen to the podcast keep up with it so I will I will make sure you know it's when it's coming out so you can get tickets because I think it's going to get popular so we had 300 people doing that so that's quite a lot into it so we're going to do wow. it fortnightly you had 300 so screens you know. Barbara you had a lot more people on each screen so god knows how many people were there oh piggy neck I never thought of it like that I bet there was about 
How many people do you think? Probably... I mean, some people with families of four, weren't they? And you had dogs and cats as well. Should we count them? Oh, it's <laughs> nice we can go out with your dog and cat. I think maybe pushing a thousand people. I think you're right. I didn't think of it like that. It was very nice, and people did say it was sociable. And people's comments were saying, "I feel like I've been out, I've been out really," which is really nice. And other people say it's the best laugh we've had since lockdown. <laughs> I was worried. I was looking for, around for Jean Pickles, see if she was skulking. Oh, she could have been because I didn't even see you. She could have been then. Looking mm. back, I did see a woman in, in a tangerine trousers. So if it was Pickles, Spire. Anyway, today's guest now is a, is in connection with Christopher Green, who was on last week as a good friend of mine, and I saw his Zoom show last night, and that was very good and all. And this lad we're going to have on now, I met at the famous Wilton's Music Hall in London, and he's a brilliant pianist, and we've got, we've got this kind of shared uh, knowledge of this fellow called Fred Barnes, who's a musical star, who's originally from... Birmingham. So I'm hoping to talk to him about that when when we get him, but also to talk about loads of things like he was he was a part of the support act at the Golden Garter in Withenshaw when Clubland was pigging Clubland. I feel like when he was talking to what was his name? Uh, Nick Owen going out at eleven o'clock at night. Things going on, music happening, dancing. Oh, I, I hope it comes back, all this kind of stuff. I'm thinking I'm going to get older, Marion Snape, who runs the Night Owl in Birmingham. I'm going to get Marion on here. And let's start talking about what the diversity of offers that clubs could be making. Anyway, his name is, I'll keep, I call him Sing Along John, but he must have a piggy another name. We'll have to find out. And I know that I talked to him tweeted he said he'd got the equipment and he should be all right so i'm hoping he'll be with us in a minute so call in sing along john come in sing along john start recording this, please, <laughs> okay now. we're recording now i'm talking to my very very lovely friend john and he said it's very funny barbara paul sounds wonderful whereas you <laughs> that's because he's got a sing star thing and this is my podcast i know he's a producer paul but i'm the name do you know what i mean <laughs> and I haven't got a pig in sing star, Matt. Warren, how are you anyway, John? I'm really good, actually. And uh, you're sounding on top of the world, if I may say so. Yeah, you may say so. It's a lovely day, kid. <laughs> are you in London, love? I always think of you in London. I'm in, yeah. I'm in sunny Stoke Poges. This is uh, just halfway between Gerald's Cross and Windsor. And it's a gorgeous day. I'm looking out the window and the sun's beaming down full pelt. Oh, are you born and bred, London? To me, you are a proper London lad. I sound a bit like it, don't I? I mean, I I was born in Evesham in Worcestershire, actually. Oh, and uh, right. from the age of three, uh, my dad was a butcher. And uh, so the job for him was in London. He was working for Wolves Sausages, you know, Wolves, the uh, meat people. I and so uh, well. we had to get other other sausages that are available. Uh, so we moved <laughs> from Evesham. <laughs> We moved from Eastham to uh, London and I lived in Harlesden, which is sort of northwest London. And uh, yeah, I've been around London ever since, apart from five years in Manchester. Right. Now, I want to talk about all this because as people know, well, I hope they know, this is Barbara Nice and Friends podcast. And I get on, on board for a chat. People that I have met and took to and been interested in. in I do loads of stuff. I'm always up and down the country. And... Uh, when did I first meet you, John? Was it when you were playing the piano at Wilton's Music Hall for Chris Green? 
Yes, I've been going back through my uh, back through my memories, and I find that it was in April, May, two thousand and eighteen. So two years ago, I met you face to face. Lovely. And I remember it happened in the mahogany bar, Barbara. Yeah, yeah. The mahogany bar, Barbara. Lots of things happen in the yeah. Lots of things happen in mahogany bar. So you're you're tell tell everybody what it is you do. You've had a you've had a you're a musician. Explain. Tell us what you what you say. I'm a piano player. Yeah, I'm a piano player. Um, I'm a piano player, and I started playing the piano in 1954, uh, all because my grandmother had a piano in her house at Kingsbury in Northwest London. And every time I went over there, as you used to in those days on a Sunday, you know, for a cup of tea and a, a fairy cake and a scone, um, I used to get on the piano and love to tinkle around. And she said, I think you ought to move this piano to your house. And so we moved it to uh, my house and then I started having lessons and uh, the rest is misery, as they say. <laughs> so you've made a living out of being a piano player. I have. I did have a break uh, in the middle of it all um, when I was uh, employed as a double glazing salesman and then as an estate agent for my sins. <laughs> but apart that from like... that, it was fascinating. I mean, uh, I'd done, uh, let's say I'd gone from 1969. I started playing professionally in 1969 and I did seven years um and that was when I was in Manchester living in uh, Stockport or uh, Bramall, just up the road from Stockport. Very uh, posh. If anybody's from... listening, then they'll know, know Bramall's very... It's pig in posh, jump. Insect. Yeah. Um, I remember buying a three-bedroom semi-detached house for £3,750 back in those days. Wow. So. Uh... And you worked at the clubs, didn't you? Stockport clubs. Did you ever play the Well, it was Withenshaw. Oh, no. The great thing was there were so many clubs, of course, around uh, the Manchester area, but I was working with Shep's Banjo Boys at the Golden Garter in Withenshaw. Right. And, now, uh, we know very well that, the, I'll let you talk about it, but the Golden Garter is a brilliant place. If anybody's listening, they'll know it was. And Ted Robbins' dad used to play there, didn't he? Uh, Ted Robbins' dad, Mike, yes. Uh, also the father, of course, of Kate Robbins, the impressionist and singer. Um he was the general manager there when I joined the band at the Golden Garter in 1969. And what a performer he was. Um, oh. He was the general manager at that stage, but he had trodden the boards himself. In fact, Kate put on Twitter only a couple of days ago a programme from the Oldham Empire showing Mike in 1954 on stage. And his bill matter was almost a gentleman. Because <laughs> people, that's a Love funny it. laugh I've just done then. Because people used to have a little, say, what would they call it? Bill matter. It's like the kind I of love it, uh, yeah. description, wasn't it? So, did you have a bill matter? Actually, the, the, the name of the act probably gave the game away. We were a banjo band, three banjos at the front, <laughs> and then me on piano. And we were the support act. So, we were there to warm the audience up before the big name top of the bill act came on at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock they were on. So, what kind of acts? Who, who, were, the, who were the really great acts that you supported? Oh, gosh, I, I dug a list out. I thought you might ask me that question. The opening night, which was uh, October the 7th, 1968, it was Bruce Forsyth. And a number of old turns, there were people like Al Reed and Norman. Wisdom and David Whitfield, the Beverly Sisters, Johnny Ray came over from America. I mean, I've got a list here as long as your arm. Yeah, if you want to see who performed at the Golden Garter, then it's www.thegoldengarter.co.uk. And this is all in Withenshaw. Now, if you don't know Withenshaw, it's sort of about halfway between Stockport and Manchester, would you say, really, John? The Golden Garter was actually the sister club to the Talk of the Town in London. And people will know the Talk of the Town because it was the big cabaret night spot in London. Yeah. 
And uh, of course, the talk of the town was a converted 100. Uh, no, it was a Frank Matcham theatre, which uh, I think they were celebrating 100th anniversary this last weekend of Frank Matcham, the famous architect. And uh, they converted this Frank Matcham theatre in London into the talk of the town, whilst up in Manchester, they converted a bowling alley into the Golden Garter. So they were two very different buildings. But uh, the actor that was on in London one week at the talk of the town would come to Manchester the next week to be at the Golden Garter. So we saw so many big names. Um, the difference was, of course, that uh, the talk of the town in London only seated 700 people, but we were playing to 1,400 people every night. And every they were having... Every, when you well, say every it was, night, you just mean the weekend. Six, six nights a week, Monday to Saturday. Um, obviously, it depended on whether the act was, had the pulling power to pack the place out. I mean, 50 years ago this week, Tommy Cooper was in the middle of a three-week run, which did sell out for the three weeks. So he played to 25,000 people. Uh, there were other weeks when, yeah, this was in the middle of my uh, my three-year stint at the Garter. So we saw all these fantastic acts come and go. And uh, like I say, we were the support act. So Shep's Banjo Boys would go on at 10.15 and we'd do half an hour. We'd do the, all the old sing-along stuff. And then uh, they'd reset the stage and at 11 o'clock on would come the big name. You know, Dusty Springfield, Sandy Shaw. Tessie O'Shea, Jimmy Edwards, Mike and Bernie oh, Winters. I am the names are quite, I'm quite jealous that you've been working with all these acts. And what I am amazed at is the lateness of the hour for the head. What, going on at 11? Yeah. Why do you think that used to be the case? Well, they made it into a complete night out. I mean, the whole idea was that people arrived at 8 o'clock and you'd start off by having a drink and then you'd have a dance and then you'd sit down and have a three-course meal. Then you'd get up and have another dance and another drink. And then you'd have the support act, which was us, Shep's Banjo Boys, coming on. Then you'd have the top of the bill, who did from 11 till midnight or till 2 in the morning, if it was Ken Dodd. And you start dancing again and the place didn't shut till 2 in the morning, you know. So, they, yeah, I mean, people had to go to work the next day. I can't believe it. But they did. Can you, why do you think it stopped happening? To me, that sounds absolutely wonderful. If I can spell it out in five letters, it was D-I-S-C-O. It was disco came along and people wanted to go to discotheques. And the idea of a complete night out... Uh, became unaffordable for people, I think, at that stage. And also, uh, I think the turns were probably putting their prices up and it became financially no longer viable. So I'd like to see it all come back again. These are unusual times. We've been knocking around for a long time, John, but never known anything like this where everything's stopped. It could be a time for resetting the concept of what a night out's about. And maybe this complete, I love this idea of the complete night out. Can you see it coming back, love? Well, until we get a situation where people can sit together, it's the social distancing thing. You know, I mean, you can't have a, you can't have a social night out with, with people that are, the next person nearest to you is two metres away. I mean, the whole point about community things together is people getting close together and, and enjoying things as a, as a group. You know, 1,400 people we had at the Garter and... Uh, that takes a lot of space up. If you if you had to have them all two metres apart from each other, you'd need something the size of a football pitch. You'd be on Manchester Airport. You'd be on the runway, love. Ringway. Up at, up at Ringway, you remember it. I still call it Ringway Airport. <laughs> I do remember Ringway Airport. People laugh. Cool. It. They, say it's not, they say it's not been called Ringway for years. So we're calling it Pig in Ringway. Right, well, you're right about that social distancing thing. And looking back, those nights, do they seem golden in your memory of every all those people laughing and clapping and dressed up? And yeah, and that's fabulous. right. If you see photos, yeah, you see photos of it. Of course, people did dress up. All the guys there, you wouldn't arrive except if you were wearing a suit and the ladies were wearing their best dresses. And uh, it was a very nice atmosphere. And of course, I was lucky that during the three years I was there, 
we had a lot of professional photos taken. Every week we'd have our photo taken with the top of the bill act. So um, on my Twitter and my uh, Facebook feeds, I do show these photographs um, to show who was appearing at the Garter 50 years ago. And it brings back all the memories. And we have reunions uh, every year in October. But of course, this year, it will have to be one that's done on, on a Zoom. Now, listen, John, I did a Barbary Nice show on Saturday night on Zoom, and it was picking brilliant. And when you were describing then all those people in close proximity, we somehow mm. got that atmosphere going. Is Paul listening? Because Paul watched it. Are you there? Hello, Barbara. You were there, weren't you? I was. Did you say it had a kind of a close proximity feel in the show? It did. Even though everybody was, you did. Even before, the sh- even before, oh, even everyone before. just <laughs> looking at each other on the camera. It's like you, when you're doing the uh, in the clubs, you look round at people and gossip. Sort of that sort oh, of right. absolutely great. Sounds fantastic. I did miss I that one, but I'm going to definitely tune in for the next one, Barbara. God bless you. And I think there's something in it, John. I think you'd be able to do your reunion. It's no yeah, replacement, yeah, definitely. but there's something about it that's brilliant. Now, listen, so you're a piano player, did all that stuff. I also know that you've done, you know, you're known for getting sing-alongs going on on the old Joanna in the classic London pub. And they're all pigging going, aren't they? What's happened to Soho? What the hell has happened to Soho? I know, yes, there were. And of course, the, the huge uh, worry that there is going on at the moment is there are lovely old places like Trisha's and Jerry's Club, you know, which have been there since the 1960s, um, which are like late drinking places down in basements. And, uh, you know, they're now having to fundraise to try and keep those going. I mean, the pub that I was playing at until it closed, along with all the others, is called the Coach and Horses in Greek Street. And uh, that's famous because it was the setting for the Jeffrey Bernard is Unwell play that Peter O'Toole did. We're just, you know, keeping our fingers crossed that it won't be too long before we can all get back in the coach and horses for a good old sing-along, which we used to do every Saturday night. Right. Now, if anybody's listening, they fancy that, go, you can't beat a sing-along, can you? And all pubs. I My very first podcast, actually, years, about a couple of years ago, I started doing this. The first one was about a pub shutting down. I got this fella in and we talked about how pubs used to be. Every pub had a piano in it, didn't it, John? Oh, absolutely, yeah. People know that, really. 150 years ago, everybody's house had a piano. Everybody would have a piano in their parlour because there was no television. There wasn't even any gramophone records in those days. No radio, no entertainment. So you made your own entertainment and you had to sing along at home around the piano. I know, so lovely. Are you in the same room as your piano now? I am. I just wonder whether you want me to do a song for you. Yes, or play I a tune that you can... I know, I'll play the accompaniment Please. and you can sing the words. What song What song oh, do you want right to do, then. Barbara? Oh, bless you. What's your... Uh, let me just check with Paul about the, <laughs> the rights. Paul, what, where are we with this now? Uh, I think so... it's... We'll just go for it. Let's, what about the donkey riding song? No one knows what that is. Let me just ask Jolly if he knows this one. A snow sea shanty, but we don't have to do this one. Were you ever in Quebec? Where it's always nice and wet Where there's a swan with a double neck Riding on a donkey Hey ho, away we go Donkey riding, donkey riding Hey ho, away we go Riding on a donkey Do you know that one, John? I do, I'm ready to do it now Can you sing with me, John? That's it and let's go. Where, where right. you ever in Quebec? Where it's always night. Where, what should we do? How can we get together? You're a better player than I am. This is what we used to call Vamp until ready. I'm away from the. Uh, I'm going to move the uh, laptop a bit nearer so I can pick my voice up. Where 
Absolutely, Peggy, brilliant. Yeah, I, I think he's specified you I not, think it would Steve, be tricky. you play the piano. It'd be tricky to merge those two things together, but uh, uh, this is live entertainment, is, isn't it, after all? I love it. Yeah, yeah, it is. This is live entertainment in a time of pandemic. We're a palaver, we're having a palaver. Right now, listen, love, you play some, play it some, because often people are listening to this, riding the bike or running. So what do you think is a good song for you to play on your piano that will be well, good for people who are doing the daily exercise? Yes, well, I think there's a, 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 an obvious choice here, and that is, um, I'm thinking of the one that refers to a bicycle. So if you're riding a bicycle, or maybe you're on an exercise bicycle at home, then this is Daisy Daisy, an old musical song called Daisy Bell. Uh, Daisy Daisy, give me your answer, do. Now, if I play this, Barbara, I'm sure you'll sing along with it. with all this odd time people are getting in touch with stuff they really used to love painting gardening's going through the roof crafting do you think people going back to playing the piano but for, to entertain other people will come back into vogue well it's interesting because actually uh, i know several people who are actually at the moment now starting to learn the piano they're, they're people of a certain age and they're getting themselves a little electronic keyboard and they're learning from youtube and uh, following the music on the manuscript paper so people are wanting i think to uh, use this time when they're forced to be at home to do all sorts of things and like you say people are into gardening and crafting and decorating and all that business but they're also definitely starting to learn that musical instrument which they promised themselves they always would do but never had time for before when i went to meet grannies as i told you i did at the uh, at the age of nine and we used to go there on a sunday and because i saw this huge piece of furniture in the corner and you lifted the lid up and there were these black and white keys, you know, and as a child, I think you're fascinated by things you don't know anything about. And so I could just go along to it and start picking out a tune on this on this piano. And it just fascinated me. And every time we, we were told that we were going to go to Kingsbury on a Sunday for our afternoon tea with our grandparents, I was so excited because I knew I could have a chance to get on the piano. And I just they couldn't keep me off it. You know, I was like, it, it, I just could not stop myself. It was just a magnetic attraction. I just loved it. And uh, it, it just fascinated me to be able to try and pick out the songs of the day. You know, we're talking about, this is in the days when Russ Conway was the top piano player on the radio. All his sing-along stuff and Winifred Atwell and Joe Henderson. And I wanted to emulate them. So I, I you know, that's why they said, take that bloody piano back to Harrow with you. Have it back home. Um, play so play a bit of Russ Conway. Okay, yes. This will give you an idea. This fella, this fella was... Top of the drawer, it wasn't he? Russ Conway was, was on yeah. the television. I can't think of what he was like. He was like Lady Gaga, really. Go on, love, let's listen. This was uh, his big hit. This was called Side Saddle. <laughs> Thank you. 
just yeah, a little um, always have a big finish that's the important thing that was a little bit of side saddle yeah and that was russ's big number one hit and of course liberati now liberati was the other one that uh, that i love to watch on a on a sunday afternoon and i think the, the trouble was you know i was being sent for piano lessons. I was having piano lessons from a professor at the Royal Academy of Music in London. And so I was supposed to be practicing my scales and practicing for my exams, but all I wanted to do was to play the pop songs of the day. So I was being torn between uh, classical music and also pop stuff, you know, so. Do a bit of Liberace. If you don't do Liberace's, wasn't it glamorous, wasn't it? It was all done up once. Russ Conway was yeah. very smart, but Liberace, blinking neck, he was yeah, like so he probably David would have, Bowie uh, of, of it all, wasn't he, really? Uh, very much so, yeah. He was very flamboyant. And, of course, I suppose Elton John will be a good parallel to draw there because Elton... That's right. Elton's a, he's a pianist, isn't he, really, Elton? He has played the odd tune on the piano, yeah, now and then. And, of course, uh, he uh, he's never been known for being backward and coming forward when it comes to glamorous outfits. I mean, uh, Elton was always over the top. Um, so the sort of thing that uh, Liberati might play would be this. This is a bit of Chopin, which uh, Ken Dodd recorded this as a song. This was a song that Ken Dodd sang, which was called So Deep Is The Night. But it originally was this piece by Chopin. And when they should yeah. play that piano, it's transformative, isn't it? Piano music, really. Well, uh, yes, it's like uh, any kind of music. It can it can send you, can't you? As we would say in the old days, yeah, uh, send you on another planet. You can dream away. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. You sound like you've been sent at the moment, Barbara. Actually, I was sent by that music because it was Bless so you. romantic and so complicated, and you <laughs> did it very, very well. I'm telling you, well, that's sweet of you. Nothing now. Do you, do you rehearse every day to keep your, your hands in good nick? Do you know, I don't. I have to confess, I don't. I know that some musicians do. I mean, probably if I actually rehearsed every day, I wouldn't hit so many wrong notes. So it's probably a, you've probably got a good idea there. I think I'll, I'll just start following your advice. <laughs> you sounded very good to me. So you're still working. You're still enjoying it. What do you fancy doing? Do you want to write a book? Do you want to write a musical? I do actually... Uh, want to write a book I think about Fred Barnes uh, who is this musical singer that uh, right let's talk about Fred actually, Barnes. yeah that would be nice because uh, you and I met uh, two years ago at Wilton's when Chris was yeah. doing uh, musical monster the insatiable Mr Fred Barnes yeah and um, it was interesting because it was only a year year prior to that that I first made contact with Chris I I made contact with him in the middle of 2017. So Christopher Green came into my life three years ago. I saw on the podcast. Yeah, go on, love. Yeah, I listened to that last night. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, I saw a show that he did at the Royal Festival Hall called Prurience, which he then took to America to the Guggenheim at uh, New York subsequently. And I emailed Chris and told him how fabulous I thought Prurience was. It was immersive theatre and I was completely taken in by the whole thing and I absolutely loved it. 
And bless him, he emailed me back within two days to say, um, I'm looking for someone to play the piano for me in a show I'm writing about Fred Barnes. Do you know about this chap? And I thought, I don't. And then from that moment, for the last three years, I've kind of been on a journey finding out as much as I can about Fred Barnes. And I'm well, going to make a vlog, actually. I'm going to put a vlog up uh, Sunday week on the 31st of May. I'm going to put a vlog up which tells about the last three years I've spent finding out so much about Fred Barnes. And uh, I hope people will have a look and find it interesting. Well, can I just say a little bit that I know about Fred Barnes? Because, of course, he's from Birmingham and I'm twinned with Birmingham and Stockport. And he was a big star. He was um, openly, was he openly gay? He was, yes, um, he was openly gay. But like, openly that's back gay, in the 1920s. Which is unbelievable. And his dad was a butcher, wasn't he? And there was something yeah. about, was he legitimate? Because I also, in another guise, worked for a theatre company called Women and Theatre. We've been going for 35 years. And we make theatre... In lots of different ways. We do participatory theatre sometimes. We get community members performing. And it's all from research. And we were asked by the uh, local LGBTQ plus people to look at the hidden history of LGBT plus people in Victorian times and all around that. And right in Birmingham, there's a back-to-backs near the Hippodrome where just like ordinary working class people used to live in these back-to-back. So it's an interesting place. It's owned by the National Trust. Usually they've got big cast palaces, haven't they? Mansions, manors, houses. But this is interesting because it's where very, very poor people used to live. So we went and we did lots of research and um, LGBTQ plus historians, local historians, they weren't really historians, they were ordinary people, but doing some kind of heritage work. It was a heritage lottery grant we got. All right, yeah, they I did see. loads of research on one of the stories they were researching was Fred Barnes. So I then wrote, a, I'll send you the script actually, I wrote I'd love a to script see it, yeah. that was performed in this back-to-back living room and it was basically Fred and who was his manager at the end? John Senior. Yeah, Fred and John Senior putting a gig on in this little back-to-back living room. <laughs> Don't worry about that. That's just John Senior trying to get in touch with us for some kind of money. He said, did you make any money on it? What Can I have a cut? We were hard up at the end. So, <laughs> <laughs> which they were. And I will send you that script because oh, it's sounds... quite interesting. Cause it goes what year would you have been doing that, do you reckon, Barbara? Uh well, I made it up. He never did that. I kind of wrote it as if he'd done it. They were up. I, I wrote it like they were on the uppers and they were just doing this gig around right. the back of the hippodrome. But it's full of stuff like that monkey that he used to have and little clips. Yes, of, of course. Song. At the height of his fame, uh, at the height of his fame, he was walking around London with a marmoset monkey on his shoulder. But then towards the end, he had a chicken on his shoulder when he was living in South End. Because he was on his uppers, was he? he? Had no piggy money, did he? Love, and was it? He, he was didn't. drinking a lot, wasn't he? It no, it happens to people, doesn't it? It does. It does it was an addiction? One of his one of his addictions that was drink, definitely, yeah. And he was a prolific uh, spender of money. He was. He loved a bit of retail therapy, did Fred? That's and, right. Uh, There's nothing new under the sun, is there? No. And uh, so, in the three years from 2017 until now, I've been on this journey finding out as much as I can about Fred and uh, the 
punchline of this, I suppose, is that uh, now I'm a member of the British Musical Society. We've actually had a blue plaque made, which we were supposed to be putting uh, on the house, the palatial five story mansion that Fred lived in at the height of his fame in the 1920s in London. We should have been having that plaque unveiled Sunday week, the 31st of May, which would have been Fred's 135th birthday. And Paul O'Grady had agreed to unveil the plaque. Right. Now, I love Paul. Are you in touch with Paul? We are, yes. Uh, ever since uh, he's agreed to unveil the plaque, yes, we are. Right. I want, I'm, I want to see Paul come on this podcast because I was in Panto with Paul and I love him. So, all right. Well, will that still happen? Will it, will, after all this is over, will Paul come and unveil it? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if he's available. Um, uh, but I'm sure he seems so keen to do it. And uh, he was a big fan of Roy Hutt. And, of course, mm. Christopher wrote the play uh, How Success Ruined Me, which was on Radio 4. Uh, January right. 2018 and um, so uh, that was another chance for me to work with Chris playing the piano we've kind of done about four things really we did the uh, uh, the Radio 4 play at uh, Broadcasting House the Wilton's thing we also did the show again at the CAA that lovely old-fashioned club in London in Covent Garden mm. and uh, we did a talk uh, Chris did a talk about Fred Barnes at the British Library in 2017 so it's been an opportunity to already get the name of Fred Barnes better known. But, uh, I know, of course, he, the... was, he was so well known at the time. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Everybody knew yeah. Fred Barnes, didn't they? I mean, yeah, he's been forgotten yes. about. And uh, the interesting thing is that um, Fred's songs, particularly two of Fred's songs, are, are so much better known than he was. For example, Fred was the Give first one, one to make popular... One. Yeah, give us the moon. Give us the moonlight, innit? That's right. He did give me the moonlight, which was, um, of course, picked up by Frankie Vaughan and used as Frankie Vaughan's signature tune. Yeah, so, give uh, us a can... bit of give us the moonlight, love. This was you're gonna sing, song. You're going to sing this, Barbara. I'm going to play it. his name used to do it with kicking his legs didn't he what, that was frankie vaughan yeah frankie yeah, vaughan was, and he was well honestly if you listen to these things this fella's frankie vaughan made a fortune out of kind of kicking his legs up like a tiller girl singing that people went mad for it they loved it didn't they and uh, yeah. i have a lovely lovely story about frankie vaughan frankie vaughan played the golden garter one week and um, we have a photo of uh, frankie vaughan and i have to say he had uh, more makeup on than anybody else that played the Golden Garter. He certainly believed in using the the Leichner number five. He he went for the whole thing. It was very professional. And uh, if I think towards the beginning of the week we were a little bit quiet, and he was the very first person that I ever heard use the phrase "paper the room." He needed to get some comps out to fill the empty seats, so he said "paper the room," and I've remembered that phrase ever since. Ah, now that's good. Now people are not in show business. You wonder what we're talking about, but it's when people they got. They don't want to perform to an empty audience because it doesn't look good for them, isn't it? That's what it is. People go, oh, That's true. Frankie yeah. Vaughan, there was no, bloody, no bugger there. So you've got to sort of, it's sort of fake news, really, isn't it? So paper the room yeah. means get get some bums on seats, let them come in for yeah. free. That's right. 
And of course, the, the strange thing about these um, these live performances, I did a sing along live on Facebook on Saturday to uh, do a selection of 60 musical songs in 60 minutes as part of the British Musical Society Music Hall and Variety Day. And of course, the weird thing is, here I am in Stoke Poges, halfway between Gerald's Cross and Windsor, and I'm sitting here playing for an hour to a completely empty room, my lounge, just me and the piano. And of course, you, it's, it feels so strange because you want to have the public there to get the reaction and uh, get them joining in. So it's a very strange situation. I felt like saying to uh, my agent, uh, paper the room for Saturday. I don't want to play on my own. <laughs> And of course, I'm all, let's not forget the other the other Fred Barnes song, of course, which Danny LaRue made a big hit on Mother Kelly's doorstep. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wherever you are, here is the great. What is your second name, love? It's John Orchard. That's it. But I'm I'm known. My my social Sing media is all Sing Along a John. Yeah. It's Here we go then. Yes, well, if people want to uh, contact me, you can use singalongajohn.com, singalongajohn.com. The Golden Garter is thegoldengarter.co.uk. As I say, the next big thing is going to be the blue plaque unveiling sometime later this year, we hope, as soon as it's allowable. But uh, we're going to put something on the social media on Sunday, the 31st of May, all about Fred Barnes and the fact he would have been 135. Right. Come on, then, love. I've absolutely adored having you. And thank you. Right, and I absolutely know that there loads of people for whom lots of bells have been rung. And I hope people are living in Withenshaw, listening in with, I know they are living in Piggy Withenshaw. I hope they're listening in Withenshaw. And I hope if you know somebody that probably went to the Golden Garter, mention this podcast to them because I think they'd love it. Thank you very much, John Orchard. Hello, lots of love, my darling. Right, are we all right, Paul? With that, oh, that music's good musician, all that. We're not <laughs> going to get sued, are we, by the people? No, I think, I think a lot of those songs are out of. Um... Voters, oh, yeah. I mean, they're very old 150 years old was it 135 years old we'll be all right all oh, right so you don't think it won't be coming for us simon no. cowell will leave us alone <laughs> so <was> simon cowell <laughs> right you're right they're completely out of royalty time <laughs> did you know any of them songs he was playing paul just out of interest uh no sadly not they're, they're all new to me but uh a different era i think did you like them or did you oh, think yeah. a load of nonsense? 
Well, I, yeah, I, I hope we do them justice. Is what I'm worried about. I always have my audio hat on, so uh, well, okay. I just you hope have that to they. Listen to him, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean because he was very, very good. Well, I really enjoyed it, and I did really properly mean that stuff about mm. if if you know anybody now, and any bells were being rung around Withenshaw, Golden Garter, all that kind of stuff. Try and send people that this podcast to listen to. I do think people find it very interesting. Hey, and I really like the idea of Frankie Vaughan wearing a lot of makeup. That's the kind of thing you're up. That's the kind of information you'll only get <laughs> from Barbara Nice and friends. <laughs> well, you don't know picking Frankie Vaughan is, but it's very interesting. Stars story, wearing makeup, surely not. Matte paper in the house and all mm. that. And people coming on at 11. Well, I'd be, oh, yeah. be bed. I'd be in bed <laughs> by 11. Lovely. Did you like the idea of a night out like that, Paul? Yeah, they didn't, didn't he didn't say good. what time the curfew was, which I was wondering about. So the act would do Two an hour. Two o'clock in the morning. Two o'clock in the morning, blimey. Oh, it's got to be some late night buses back then, or taxis, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I was everyone just drink uh, driving because it was the old days. Those are the days. There's a lot of drink driving going on here. Yeah. Drink <laughs> driving, late night buses. I think mostly drink driving, actually. <laughs> Not everything was better in the old days. <laughs> the end to sort of a lot of entertainment when they stopped the drink driving laws oh, I think there was that night there was a proper nightlife culture going on okay I hope you enjoyed listening to John Archer okay love I've enjoyed it and I'm it's a lovely day the garden is changing we've been at this a bit so when we began it with all daffodils and tulips now the roses are coming out and I must say the weather and nature are continuing to play an absolute blind. I don't know where we'd be without him in this time. Sending all my love to everybody across the world, especially to Ru- lovely Russia. It, I, I love that film. What's it? If I was a rich man. Da, 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 da. I think that's about the Russian family, isn't it? Where are you? I'm trying to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fiddler on the Roof. My Google's got there. Ah, Come in your bloody Google. Oh. The Google that is my brain. <laughs> the delay. It's Fiddler on the Roof. Nice. If I were... <laughs> I absolutely, I'd love to go to Russia. So if that person is listening in Russia, uh-huh. he's by chance running a club <laughs> and they think, I like the idea of Barbara. Let's get Barbara over, maybe with John Orchard, doing a few songs and maybe Barbara will raffle. I will come <laughs> to Russia. I'm trying to stay more local after the pandemic because I think well, yeah. I will come to Russia. <laughs> Thanks, kids. I'm going out gardening. Look after yourselves. See you tomorrow. Bye, Paul. Ta-ra, kids. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.